Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 209. Man, week number 12. I had a blast watching NFL and following all of my Dynasty teams over the holiday weekend. Thanksgiving is always one of the best and the most fun for Dynasty Freaks. Since there's three games on Thursday, no bye weeks, uh, week 12 was highly entertaining with overtime game, two wins that came down to two-point conversion attempts where the coaches just decided to go for it, and then some several uh, high-scoring performances from a fantasy level too. Pretty fun week, so we're going to review week number 12 with a couple observations from a dynasty perspective, tell you about some waiver wire uh, uh, pickups that I think you should make this week, and then man... Tons of trades. It was a trade deadline in many of my leagues this last week, and so there were a lot of trades that were very clear contender (laughs) selling and or contender buying and uh, rebuilders selling. So pretty fun week for trades, that's for sure. And sad to say that uh, trade time's about over. I know most of my leagues quit this week. Today, um, recording here on Monday afternoon, are the last trades that get to be made uh, will take place tonight. So we'll see what happens. Um, That's going to be fun. Let's talk about some of the thoughts for this week. Good grief. Uh, First one I'll say is jacked up by Jacobs. Um, Playing against Josh Jacobs uh, in three out of my nine leagues this week was not fun. Uh, His 300-yard day and 45-point day on Sunday afternoon single-handedly erased my huge leads in those games. I still held leads going into overtime even. I had such good teams that I had to get good, you know, was still it had a chance to beat Jacobs, but man, that 86-yard touchdown run in overtime, that vaulted him uh, not only to a win, but to the highest scoring running back in the league this year from a fantasy perspective. Pretty crazy. I always consider Jacobs like an RB2, kind of like in that 13 to 24 range in all of my rankings, but I've been proven wrong by him. I got to admit when I've made a mistake, I don't know what happened here, but Josh McDaniels, is making him a star, and he silenced the preseason thought. If you remember that, go back, bring yourself back to the preseason when it looked like Zamir White could cut into his workload because Jacobs was, you know, running with the first team in the first preseason game, and it just didn't seem like uh, this was the deal. Amir Abdullah was going to be the passing downs back and cut into his workload. Well, gosh, it's all been uh, rewritten right now. A few weeks ago, I poo-pooed a trade in one of my leagues where Jacobs was bought for two first-round picks. I thought that was crazy to buy him that high. But now I might live to regret it. Uh, Just like I regret losing three games this week because of one player uh, jacked up by Jacobs, that's for sure. But the other biggest thing that happened this week, aside from one great performance, was the QB shakeup. This week's big story really was the shakeup at the quarterback position as three teams named new starters and two teams were rewarded with game-winning superior play by their backup quarterbacks, while others saw uh, much of the same, while the other ones saw much of the same. Of course, referring to Mark uh, to Mike White, he had the highest passer rating of the week after he replaced Zach Wilson for the Jets this week. And man, did Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore uh, reap the reward by scoring three touchdowns between them. He played better in one game than Zach Wilson's played all year. Sadly for Zach Wilson managers, I think the ship has sailed on his dynasty value. 
uh, the things that he said last week, in addition to just his poor play, and then Mike White coming here and doing what he did, I think the team supports him, and the coaches know it. There's nothing, there's no going back to Wilson. I'm doubtful that White, you know, is going to play this consistently. He had a few good games last year before he ended up having a bunch of bad games. That could happen again. Uh, But the Jets and NFL teams have to move on from Wilson after White's performance on Sunday, that's for sure. Same can be said for Baker Mayfield, who needs to accept that he is not a starting quarterback after Sam Darnold uh, led the team on Sunday to their win. Uh, Darnold's not the answer in Carolina long-term, I don't think, but he's a good backup for for his team too. The problem with the Jets and the Panthers is that they're both, uh, both of their defenses are really good, and they're able to win enough games with White and Darnold, I think, in the season here that puts them out of contention for the draft position they need to draft a quarterback. So I don't know if they're going to go the free agent route or what, because I don't think that Darnold and White are really the long-term answers there, but it's more just an indictment to say that Baker Mayfield and Zach Wilson, their dynasty value has hit an all-time low. They're only rosterable in uh two quarterback leagues where you're rostering a lot of you know, backup quarterbacks because they could be some of the best backup quarterbacks. But all of that to say, the same cannot be said for the Texans, who look just as bad with Kyle Allen as they did with Davis Mills. Um, they're in prime position to draft a quarterback, though. That's what's different from them, and this year's class. And I'm even wondering, honestly, if the Texans may have gone to Kyle Allen just to help ensure that they do get that number one pick. They're in position, and going to Kyle Allen did not help them this week but it did help the Jets, and it helped the Panthers, who actually are both still alive in playoff contention and have a lot to play for. Next observation I'll say is some surprise heroes. Surprise heroes was Jay, uh, Zay Jones and Jamichael Hasty. They were surprise heroes who led the Jaguars to an upset win over the Ravens. Uh, Jones is one of my most rostered players because I picked him up in many of my leagues during the preseason. It was clear that at that point that he won the wide receiver two job in Jacksonville, on a team whose offense was bound to improve with a new coaching staff. And he's been a very reliable PPR uh, receiver in leagues this season. He's averaging seven targets and five catches per game. That's very reliable in PPR leagues. Sunday, he had a season-high 14 targets and 11 catches, including that two-point conversion that won the game. I'm thrilled to have him as a depth piece on my rosters, but I'm super mad at myself for not starting him in any of my leagues this week. I've been starting him several times this week, this year, this season, but mostly when it's come to bye weeks, and I put him in kind of as a replacement during a bye week. No bye weeks this week. I did not put him in my lineup, and I paid for it. Um, failure on my part. Hasty was the other surprise in Jacksonville when he stepped up for Travis Etienne uh, after his injury and really just came in and kind of dominated the game. He looked like he had the freshest legs on the field. Sometimes that happens. The guy that hasn't played in a while comes in, and his legs are just so much fresher. He was just cutting back and forth and making people look silly, uh, contributing to the Jags' win, both in the running game and the passing game. It's going to be really interesting if Etienne misses time. It'll be interesting to see if Hasty uh, gets challenged by Daryl Henderson, who the, the Panthers signed, or the Jaguars rather, signed uh, off of waivers last week after the Rams cut him. So it's going to be really interesting. Uh, hold on to those Daryl Henderson shares, because if Etienne is hurt, I'm not sure what's going to happen between Hasty and Henderson but Hasty was the surprise hero this week, for sure. Next one, I kind of, I'm kind of ranting a little bit on this. I've got on this episode, I've got a few bad things that have happened to my teams, and one would be what I'd call toppled by Tua. The Dolphins ran over the Texans on Sunday, and Tua Tagovailoa uh, had nearly 300 passing yards at halftime, and then was pulled from the game in the third quarter. This decision 
uh, killed dynasty managers and managers of Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Jeff Wilson, who could have scored so many more fantasy points. But Coach McDaniel's move to bench his starters um, just put managers like me on tilt, wondering what could have been, what could have been. I have Tua and Wilson in one league where I desperately needed a win, and now I have a, a lot to lose depending on what happens in the Monday night game tonight. I'm sure other dynasty freaks are in the same boat. The only solace that we have is to know that McDaniel has made the Dolphins' offense a scoring machine, and they're not going to be playing a team like the Texans from here on out. And so Tua should play the entire game as well as the rest of the players. Uh, that was a real drag on a Sunday for sure. Next one, speaking of the, the Dolphins uh, tr- trouncing the Texans, the rookie wall. Speaking of giving up, I'm uncertain that Damian uh, Pierce has hit a, ro- a rookie wall or if it's just that the Texans are tanking. I'm not really sure. But Pierce had just eight yards rushing in each of the last two weeks, eight yards and eight yards. But he's also had the lowest number of touch counts of the season in the previous two weeks. So he's just not getting the ball either. He's already had nearly doubled his touches that he had in college, in college at Florida. So he may have hit the rookie wall, or maybe it's just his personal wall. My biggest knock on Pierce in uh, when he was you know ranking him as a rookie was that his production, you know, production was so small uh, in his workload in Florida. Uh, maybe there's a reason. Maybe Florida limited his touches for a reason because they knew that. And maybe Houston's now doing the same. Or is it that the Texans have packed it in and they just want to play less capable backs to ensure that they get the top draft spot? I'm not really sure. Whether it's the rookie wall or the Texans taking, one thing I know is for certain is that Pierce is not going to help dynasty teams to playoff wins. And that's pretty sad if you have him on one of your rosters. Next tilting for me would be give him the dang ball. Give him the dang ball. I'm sorry to be tilting a little bit more, like I said, but I'm upset. I finally benched Miles Sanders this week in two, after two terrible weeks in a row. In both leagues, I benched him for Latavius Murray. Of course, then he has his most fantasy productive week of the year and plays like I know he can every week if Philadelphia would just give him a chance. The two times that he's had more than 20 touches this season, he scored 33 and 34 fantasy points. I'm baffled that the 10-1 Eagles, who obviously are well-coached, don't use Sanders when he's by far their best back. He's averaging a stinking 5.1 yards per carry. He needs to get the ball more. Sanders remains one of my most rostered backs because I was far higher on him in rookie drafts than other managers and analysts. In my eyes, still tell me that he's that I'm right about Sanders. It's just that the coaches are holding him back. And man, they need to give him the ball so he can do what he did on Sunday night. Last thing I'll say is I'll call it frustrating rotations. A few star running backs are getting spelled by their backups far more than dynasty managers would like to see at this point in the season, especially compared to what the, with the workload they're getting at the start of the season. As a result, players that we thought would give us breakout weeks to end the season, uh, and, and you know we could count on them in the playoffs to do so, uh, it's not going to happen. This week's uh, injury aside, Christian McCaffrey has been getting less work with Elijah Mitchell cutting into his workload. Matt Breida and Gary Brightwell have eaten into Saquon Barkley's, Bar- Barkley's touches. Austin Eckler has had fewer touches the last few weeks since Isaiah Spiller and Joshua Kelly have returned from injury. Pretty sad that McCaffrey, Barkley, and Eckler might not have that game-winning or even league-winning production that we thought that they would uh, have had you know, as we continue to push toward the playoffs. The only maybe thing that could change this is that 49ers, the Giants, and the Chargers, they're all in playoff contention. And so maybe as things tighten up from an NFL perspective, 
they're actually going to start playing these guys more when they really, really, really need to. And in that case, hopefully that really, really need to comes when we're in the play, in the uh, Dynasty playoffs. But I'm not sure. It seems like they're definitely giving these guys a little bit of a rest. And these running backs might not be able to help us as we make our way toward our playoff push in Dynasty League. It's pretty sad. Let's talk some waiver wire. I'd like to give you a few tips before the waiver wire uh, gets started, set in your leagues Tuesday or whenever it takes place in your leagues. There are a few guys that I'm pretty interested in this week. And so here's some of the guys that I'm interested in. And a reminder that I play in leagues with 300 to 360 players rostered. So that means I'm in deep leagues. So if you're in a shallower league, there's far better players than these, obviously. But true dynasty leagues, these are, these are the guys that I'm looking to pick up this week. First would be Jordan Mason. Mason was the next man up after Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell were injured on Sunday. Mitchell's injury looks like it's going to be more serious. Um, we don't know exactly with CMC what's going to happen, if he'll miss a little bit of time. But either way, we've already said that CMC has been getting spelled by other backs, but now the back that's going to spell him is going to be Jordan Mason. At least that's what it looked like on, on Sunday. He's the waiver wire darling, if you remember that, during training camp when everyone was picking him up. And then he's since, since been dropped in most of my leagues, but now he's definitely worth rostering again. Jordan Mason would be my number one guy I'm trying to pick up this week. Next one's kind of interesting. Uh, Zonovan, Zonovan Knight or Ty Johnson, the running backs for the Jets. Michael Carter got injured on Sunday, and for some reason James Robinson was a healthy scratch so that Knight could get his first work of the season. And then Knight doubled up Johnson in snaps, and he nearly tripled him in touches. But Johnson had a better fantasy day just since he was the one that scored the touchdown. But given the Jets' coaches favored Knight this week, um, I think I'd prefer to add him this week. I don't really think either player is you know, really helpful from a dynasty perspective, but they could help over the next couple weeks if Carter's injury is serious. Uh, obviously, Carter's the backup to Brees Hall, who is going to be the starter for the Jets next year. So these guys don't have a lot of dynasty value long-term, but those two guys that I'd be interested in picking up uh, this week if I just needed some help uh, here at the end. Next, I'd say uh, Jordan Akins and or uh, Tegan Quintariano. <laughs> so uh, Akins and uh, Quintariano are the tight ends for the Texans. And Akins has had an excellent, had that excellent hard-hitting touchdown catch and run on Sunday. But he was actually out-snapped by Quintariano. Um, uh, Akins is the player that I'm most interested in adding. Uh, if I was, you know, just needing help for this season. But still, it's uh, Quintariano that's the player that I'm most interested in in adding from a dynasty perspective since he's a rookie and he's emerged as Houston's starting tight end over the last few weeks. Now, it is while Brevin Jordan's been out, uh, but that's been the, the case. He's had the most snaps of all the tight ends the last few weeks. And so he's someone that I'd be interested in, in adding. I added him in a couple leagues actually last week. All those were tight end premium leagues. And so we're going to see what's going to happen in uh, those in those leagues. You know, I think one wasn't tight end premium. Just one where I'm desperate for a tight end and hope to maybe find something in him. Speaking of tight ends, the last guy I'll mention would be John Bates, uh, the tight end for the, the, I want to say the Redskins, the tight end for the Commanders. Logan Thomas uh, was healthy, and he did have the most snaps among the Washington tight ends. But Bates out-targeted him this week, and he was the one that scored the touchdown. Uh, and I don't want to add Bates, you know, except maybe in the deepest of leagues. But I definitely want to keep him on my radar, add him to a watch list, just to see if maybe he can surpass Thomas on the depth chart uh, here near the end of the season. Uh, someone just to keep your eye on for sure. Now we're talking trades. The trades that took place in my leagues, so many between contenders and rebuilders, 
that took place apart from this first one that I'll mention. Eno Benjamin was traded for Kenneth Gainwell. Eno Benjamin for Kenneth Gainwell. I made this modest trade uh, this week after a manager, you know, with Damian Pierce on his roster and his team. He wanted to shore up the Houston backfield, so he was interested in Benjamin. I have Miles Sanders in my squad, and I wanted to shore up the Eagles backfield. Uh, neither player is a sure thing or really like a one-to-one handcuff yet that we could say uh, behind those better players. But I, I just acquired him in the trade because I thought that Gainwell, you know, I've got Gainwell ranked ahead of Benjamin and have ever since they came out as prospects. And so Gainwell seemed like a better player to have overall for me. Next player, this was a pretty interesting one. Juwan Johnson was traded for Foster Moreau, Terrace Marshall, and a 2023 fourth-round pick. So take the fourth-round pick out of it. We'll just say Jawan Johnson for Foster Moreau and Terrace Marshall. I found this trade most curious because I think I would rather have Moreau or Marshall over Jawan Johnson, period. Just one for one. And here we got two for one. Johnson has had a great season, but it's only because he scored five touchdowns. And the manager who added Johnson on his team, he is a contender, and he just lost Kyle Pitts. But I think still think I would rather have David Njoku or Moreau, who he had on his roster. I'd rather have them over Jawan Johnson. And so I like uh, the the package side of this deal uh, pretty significantly. Another trade that went down was Amari Cooper was traded for a 2023 first. The team that acquired Cooper is in first place. Uh, They added a very quality player for their playoff run. The team that acquired the pick decided, man, it's rebuilding time. It's a 10-team league, so the worst the pick could be would be 1.10. This is a pretty fair trade. I think helped both teams. Amari Cooper was traded for a first-round pick. Then there was Jeff Wilson, who was traded for a 2023 second and fourth round pick. So not quite the first round value on Jeff Wilson, but a second and a fourth. And this was the same team. Same team that was rebuilding that sold Cooper, also sold Wilson to get more picks. So now he's got a first, an extra second, an extra fourth for Cooper and Wilson that he sold. I think Wilson's going to be you know, a big help to a playoff team for sure that's making a run. Uh, and he probably does deserve kind of this second uh, round draft pick value right now. And so pretty fair trade, but this is kind of what dynasty managers are doing. They're they're selling, you know, at the right time, trying to help other teams. Next one was interesting. It was Brees Hall in a 2023 second round pick for Christian Watson and TJ Hawkinson. So two starters, Christian Watson and TJ Hawkinson for Brees Hall in a second round pick. Man, the same rebuilding team acquired Hall in another draft pick, but they gave up two great players to do so. The team willing to spend up to get Hall um, I mean, the team the team was willing to spend up to get Hall in the second-round pick. Um, uh, uh, sorry, the team that was willing to give Hall in the second-round pick is kind of pushing for a final playoff spot, but they don't really look like they're sure to make it. So not really sure if he you know, thought adding Watson and Hawkinson could help him get that sixth and final spot, or if he just thought they were better. Because I think this is a trade that doesn't really matter if you're rebuilding or not. A pretty fair trade. Uh, Brees Hall and a second-round pick for Christian Watson and TJ Hawkinson. Uh, Watson has been on fire the last few weeks, and in fact, the manager who gave him away already posted in our uh, group chat his regrets about that, you know, Um, but we don't know. Uh, Brees Hall could really help him forget Christian Watson next season when he becomes a starter uh, for the Jets. He was off to a great start in his rookie season. I'm sure he'll rebound nicely and become, you know, a really valuable pick as well. Pretty even trade. Um, Christian Watson is on fire right now. Add that to TJ Hawkinson, who we talked about, I think, last week's podcast, just how he's improving uh, with Minnesota. Pretty fair trade. Um, I like it. Two more to talk about. Uh, Cortland Sutton was traded straight up for Darnell Mooney. Interesting, just a player-for-player trade. 
even at this point in the season. season. Sutton and Mooney are basically both performing like wide receivers three right now. Maybe you could even argue wide receiver fours. They have room to improve their dynasty value, though, if things could just get better for them. Uh, the managers, I guess, just preferred one guy over the over. It's a pretty fair trade. Um, Sutton's ranked 36 in my rankings right now. Mooney's 44th. So I, yeah, I guess I have to say that I like the Sutton side of this trade more. But I could see how someone might like Mooney's future with Justin Fields better than Sutton's right now with Russell Wilson, the way that he's playing. So pretty even trade. Fun to just see those player-for-player player trades like that. And then finally, last kind of minor trade that was made, Jamichael Hasty was traded for a 2023 third-round pick. Again, the team that gave up the third-round pick to get Hasty, he has Travis Etienne on his roster. And so he was able to secure Hasty as the handcuff in case Etienne's you know, injury lingers. And the team that acquired the pick is in last place. Um, they probably tried to get all that he could. I wish he could have maybe asked for a second-round pick, see if he could have held that guy over the barrel, maybe if Etienne uh, was more injured. But we just don't know the news, and our trade deadline is today. So he just took what he could get. And the one that, you know, had Hasty was kind of meaningless to his roster in the last pace position, was willing to give him up. At least he got a third-round pick for him. That's what you do with those backup running backs when they get the chance to become the starter when someone gets hurt. So good job on both parts for those teams, indeed. All right, week number 12. We'll see what happens on Monday night, and we are pushing toward the playoffs. I know I've got a lot of teams tanking. I'm in contention to not, what we call it now, not suck for luck, but I'm in contention uh, to get my man Bijan Robinson for my Texas Longhorns, at least in one league. Yeah, I'm definitely not doing so well in others, but playoff contention for some as well. Good thing about being a dynasty freak is even when you're losing, you're winning if you do it right. So you saw that in all these trades. Pretty fun time of year. Hope that you're enjoying it. Thanks so much for listening and continuing to follow. That's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's and freaks. I'm much better on email than I am on Twitter, so email me. would love to talk with you as you prep toward your playoffs or prep for your rebuilding. I'd be honored if you'd take time to rate and review the podcast for me. That would mean a lot for me. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.